0: Told many times, you're actually a really good speaker for a lawyer, and in front of you is half a duck, <laughs> you know, and, and three pirates, and they're sat, you know, with their arms crossed, mm. looking sternly across you. On today's episode of the Engaging Marketeer, I'm
1: speaking with a solicitor, Richard Nicholas, who has gone from practising law. To being a business coach and Richard always wondered within himself as to why would he be qualified to coach businesses? Why would he be qualified to help people in their business when he hasn't set one up for himself? So Richard will be explaining how he's done that, why he's done that, and how public speaking has helped him within his, his business of helping other people run their businesses. One of the things that you said that you wanted to talk about was the power of questions? Indeed, yes. The power of questions. What I mean, obviously, this is this is an interview podcast, so there are questions. <laughs> what, what what do you mean by the power of questions?
0: Yeah, well, I I think this comes from um, my my experience because um, my background, uh, as you might know, is a, is a lawyer. So mm, I, I yes. use I use questions an awful lot. I know you. Enjoy, I've listened to an earlier podcast, and I I hear you enjoy arguing with solicitors so this should be fun <laughs> um so shit i'm rumbled. <laughs> but yes i think my background is i've been a lawyer for well, actually twenty twenty two 22 years now um and so use questions an awful lot in my in my practice so i do a lot of uh, contract negotiation and that sort of thing so i'm the i'm a uh, contract negotiation type lawyer as opposed to a as opposed to a litigator. So I'm not usually the one who's, who's uh, arguing. Mm. Um, but I do use questions a lot. And I was a few years ago asked to be a, asked to be a business coach, um, on the basis of having done a, having done a speaking course, uh, being known as someone who is in business and has built up a, built up a, a legal practice. So I've done the, I've done the business development and that sort of thing. um, and I was asked to be a uh, be a business coach um, and and speak to various um, various sort of small small businesses. So um, and found myself in front of you know electricians, plumbers, uh, property developers, lots of lots of people who whose businesses I haven't been in any way involved in. I'm not an electrician, which is, just makes the world a safer place for everybody. <laughs> um, and I haven't done any of those businesses, which meant there was a moment when I took on the role where I thought, well, I'm feeling a bit of an imposter. Can I can I really can I really help these people? Um, I was keen not to be, you know, a sort of fake fake business coach, because I think yeah. there are quite a few of those out there. Um and there are some things I at the risk of <laughs> and this is a this is a relatively um, low value boast uh, at the risk of being a, <laughs> being a boast. I, I am a really good lawyer. <laughs> there are some things I know really, I know really well. Um, so i you know, I've spent, you know, whatever it was, eight years, eight years qualifying, 22 years in practice, works for lots of the largest, largest UK businesses. And so I wasn't prepared to be a, you know, a f- fake business coach Unless I was able to bring to it the sort of professionalism and the, the sort of the sort of ability that I'm, I'm able to show as a lawyer doing a you know, doing a data audit or something like that, doing something that's, mm. that that I, I know really well. So um, I was what I determined at the start is I'd, I'd maybe give this I'd maybe give this a few weeks. I'd, I'd try this out, and if I didn't get the results, I was quite prepared to say, "Okay, well, you know, this is clearly not for me. I'm, I'm an imposter here." I'm you know i shouldn't be I shouldn't be helping these people because frankly i've you know i've I've never built a plumbing boiler fitting uh, uh property development this these all of these different sorts of businesses I was dealing with from scratch hmm. but then what, what I found to my surprise as much as anyone else's was actually that actually I was able to help people and actually the skills I'd taken from the skills that I'd got from law were actually really useful. Some of the, some of the questioning skills in terms of taking people to a, a place where they, couldn't, where they couldn't see the problem, then they could see the problem, and then they can see the solution. You actually take them through that process. Mm. Um, people that were coming for coaching were actually in a state where they were, they were close to an epiphany. But they they didn't know that they were close to an epiphany. They were close to, you know, reaching that reaching that edge and seeing things differently. And I was actually able to use the sort of the skills in asking questions and asking the right questions that um, could actually take them over that over that edge. Mm. And so I'm glad to say, for a a large number of people, I've managed to do that to make make them see things in a different way, take action in a different way, and actually get results from taking that action. And it's led me to the sort of conclusion, actually, that the coach's job is not to have the right answers, no. but really to work out the right questions.
1: Yes, de- definitely. And, I think when, it, yeah. when, we, when we spoke previously, yeah. we, we, we briefly touched on this, and you mentioned how being a lawyer, mm. you have to ask the right questions yeah. to essentially lead a jury mm. to a resolution that you want them to have which I, I think we, we both said, yeah. is
0: a little bit of manipulation in there. A little bit. A and, little and, bit. Only a tad. And, and, and. Absolutely. Well, it's. Um, I mean, I should say it's not I, – I don't do that sort of uh, presenting to juries and that sort of thing, <laughs> but I do do in negotiations. You work mm. out where you want to – where you want the, the focus to be. And in order mm. to you're obviously representing your client and you say, okay, well, we want to get this. How do we get? How do we get to this? And there's a there's a skill to negotiation in asking the right questions. And mm-hmm. okay, so what happens if this doesn't work? And what you know, are you really saying that if, if this doesn't work, you're not going to help the client? Okay, it, it takes you in a particular path, mm-hmm. but actually, that's quite useful in recognizing where questions are focused. So, you know, I'll give you there's, there's various tools that you can use if you know about them that can help. They can actually help you as an individual but they can also help if you're if you're trying to take someone on their path as well so there's um one that i like to use is the question um, which sounds quite innocuous which is uh, what do you have to do today <laughs> you know, what, what do you have to do today and it's um it's a question that you, know, you can ask various people this same question and they'll start to list out the things they've got and almost inevitably Almost everything they list will be something they have to do for someone else. They've got to walk the dog. They've got to get the shopping. They've got to, uh, uh, you know, do this contract. This contract out. Whatever the things might be, it's it's an invite to list the things that you need to do for someone else. And it's quite important because actually that's a question that you can ask yourself at the start of a working day. And if you do ask that question at the start of a working day, the answer will be the things that you need to do for someone else. Hmm. And um, the problem with that is, of course, what you're not doing is the things for yourself, the things that actually help you and your goals, your, the things that really matter to you. Um, and that means that if you it's, – it's how the human mind works. You're always trying to do more for other people than you would do for yourself. And so just recognising it can be useful because it means you know for, for a lot of owners of businesses for instance if you ask them that question they'll list a whole load of things that they say they have to do today or they have to do in the next week and when you take them through it and look a bit more carefully you'll say okay well do you have to do that or could that be somebody else and do you have to do that or is that is that an optional actually What what were the goals what were the goals you set yourself and how does this help mm-hmm. towards your goals and that sort of thing so it's it's helping people make that distinction um and there's a whole load you know questions like that which actually can lead people in a can lead people in a different direction and that's the that i think is the i think that's the the role of a coach and the more mm. i've the more i've looked into it since um there are there are it, it seems to be borne out by all the literature in terms of you know, mm. questions are the Questions are the answer. Questions are the thing that actually take you take you forward. They're the, they're yeah, the what, thing that matter more. What what you've talked about there is yeah. it's very important for time management
1: as well. Mm. as you're working yeah. throughout the day, mm. there's constantly things and people that want to yeah. take away your time for themselves. Yeah. So when your phone rings, for example, you answer it. You're beckoning. You're, you're at the beck and call of somebody else, and it's taken away from what you need to do. So your your time management is just constantly being battled by like yes. all these things that are getting in the way and stopping you doing what you're doing, which I imagine as, as
0: a lawyer that's a problem because you've got billing <laughs> hours you need to put in.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: No, that's right. So it's if you, if you at least recognise it, then there are things that you can do to, to battle it. So you can, for instance, start work not by looking at emails, not by responding to hmm. things that will immediately take your attention and take you away from your goals, but actually focus on the things that... That matter that you that you need to do and that you know you need mm-hmm. to do. Um, so it's as true as it's in true. It is true in law, but I think it's true, you know, in, in lots of other ventures. It's just making sure that you're focused on what matters to you. Because if you if you don't, other people have got plans for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, everyone has a plan for you, um, and so and for your time and for your and, time. <laughs> and for your time. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's right.
1: So it is is going from a, a lawyer to a business coach is that a natural progression Does, Do you know anyone else that's done it or have you, have you found doing that
0: <laughs> It's funny I um, I think there's a few there are a few um lawyers who are business coaches so maybe maybe actually it's not such a an unusual transition um it wasn't one that I was expecting and not one I was I was going for but it um it is it, it is um consistent with the way I see the way I see law, and I think people go into law for different reasons. They go in for, you know, prestige or uh, the the litigators that you like to argue with. They go in in order to to win, and they talk about winning and you know that sort of thing. Um, and for mm. for me, it's all about you know actually helping, <laughs> genuinely actually trying to help people and trying to be useful to people and saying, look, that, here's that a, here's doesn't a thing. sound doesn't <laughs> sound very lawyer like that at well, all. May, 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 maybe that's right. Maybe I've been in the wrong career for this this <laughs> long, but it's. Um, it's almost saying, you know, here's the thing, you could do this better by using this. It's almost like if you've just found something, found, found, found an easy switch on the computer and you, you show people how that works. Mm. But um, there's some there's some creativity to it. And there's a, I'm going to say these, the, the questioning of business coaching is similar in many ways to the questioning of Trying to get to the root of a, a client's issue, trying to get to the root of you know their their contract, what they actually want to achieve, mm. um, and then actually trying to negotiate that contract for them. Mm.
1: Have, so, mm. have you got any examples you're able to share? Mm. Obviously, you can't give mm. names because of confidentiality. You understand mm. that you're a lawyer, indeed. <laughs> um, but have you got any examples of say industries where you've helped people and you've asked you've asked the probing questions that have led to? To resolutions and sort of
0: realisations within the business as to this is what they need to do. Hmm. We well, usually, actually, for a lot of businesses, it is they they know. It's almost like you're allowing them to you're allowing them to speak. <laughs> when you speak, you'll say, "Okay, well, what are your you know what are you focused on this month?" And they'll say, "Okay, well, this, I've got these things." And by the time they get to number fifteen, they realised actually. You say focus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll again. There's actually all of these things I'm focused on, um, mm. but there's you know there are lots of things that looking back, they're all really simple. So it's it is things like even even bizarrely actually speaking to speaking to marketers and being able to say okay well okay so you've got lots of people who like this product, lots of people who like what you do, and um, how how do you help those people to to recommend you and that sort of thing and, and I've had people say to me well I'm in marketing and I, I didn't even consider affiliate marketing you know it's one of those – but it's and that's not that's not you know some genius of mine it's more just actually taking taking them through a process and actually getting them getting to think slightly differently I think if you're if you're doing the if you're doing the work it can be quite can be quite tricky.
1: Actually. And are, are there any sort of businesses where you've come up against a brick wall where they just
0: cannot cannot see it from a different point of view? Uh, not not so far, not so far. So I think all of the ones I've come across have. I mean, it's all to do with the personality, of course, and you do need to get mm. people to a to a receptive state. Um, and that's another that's another trick, I suppose, is that um, is actually meeting people where they are, so that you do get people who are quite they don't think they need coaching they're there to sit and listen they're sat you know with their arms crossed mm. looking sternly across you a defensive you know, the posture brand. straight away. yes wow. what on earth is this guy going to say now you know as if as if you're up against them and it's it's you do have to first get people into a state where they are they are responsive um, and there are some again there are some tricks to doing that there's a there's one again this is a this is something I'd, I'd picked up and used over and over again and it's it's really effective if you ever had a, if you ever have a here's the trick if you have an employee who is really negative and mm-hmm. uh, who's really just fed up they don't want to they don't want to listen to what you've got to say they don't want to listen to what you want to do oh that's not going to work we tried that before for goodness sake what are you suggesting those sorts of things and, Of course, you do get those in. You get those in coaching. You even get them in law, surprisingly. Really, um, <laughs> I know cynical people. Would you imagine? Um, actually, lawyers um, or, or paralegals. Actually, actually, lawyers. Actually, and, lawyers. Right? Yes. Um, See, so they they are everywhere, and sometimes you do need to get them to a different place. And there's there's a thing that you can there's a thing that you can do, and there's a there's a there's a there's a Tony Robbins question that you shouldn't ever use on someone else, but can can work for you. Which is for yourself. Which is what's 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 great about this. In fact, I think he being American, he may have said, "What's awesome about this?" <laughs> and <it's> what's awesome <laughs> about this? <laughs> completely. And if you, yeah. of course, that's that's a good question to ask yourself whenever you're facing a challenge because it uh, forces you to see the positive. Because most things aren't mm. most things aren't just negative. And uh, there's there's some positive even in even in even in actually some. You know quite catastrophic events you know even, even when you're looking at someone's someone's death if you find a positive in that you know because of what they saw what they did that sort of thing and um, the fact that you got to speak to them what that means in terms of the family coming coming around them there's, there's usually some positive and actually asking yourself is actually quite a good discipline because it forces you to ask that question so it's mm-hmm. a good question to ask yourself you can't ask that of someone else <laughs> you can't say you can't say to someone who's just been fired or to whom you've just you've just had you know, a really really bad week or or for goodness sake someone who's who's actually suffered a bereavement yeah but what's awesome about this you, you will get punched and you and you probably should um and particularly if it's if it's a really you know bad event for them because you you can't take them to that but you can take them through a through a process actually gets gets them thinking in a more positive light and it's um something called uh, this is this is my, my mnemonic rather than anyone else's but it's, it's pfp so past future present Right. Um, so usually when someone is negative they're talking about you know what's happened to them how unfair it is what's happened to them and you can't you can't get them from there to something positive so you have to go through a few steps first the first thing is you, you you meet them and you actually talk about, OK, well, this has happened to you. What's, you know, you can see that that must feel unfair. How do you feel about that? So it's about the past. You're talking about the past with them effectively. And then you switch direction and talk about the future. OK, how would you like things to be in an ideal world? How would that be? How, how could, you know, how could you see that changing and how how would this this happen? And you have to get some buy-in to, their, to the future. So you get them thinking about the future. And that it changes their focus. And the final thing is to talk about the present. And, okay, how can we get to, what, what steps can we take now that will lead us there? Um, and that is quite useful in terms of taking people who are reluctant on a journey from actually thinking about their own issues and what they're fed up about at the moment to a place where they're actually looking at the future and what they can do to get to that future. Mm. Um, And you can't can't do it in one step. You have to do it in those three steps and you have to to change their focus in that way. And that is – I've used that over and over again and it is so powerful. Um, It is so powerful that it actually works on yourself – even though you, of course, know that you're using it, <laughs> so if you're, <laughs> if you are thoroughly fed up with something, if you know that you really don't, there's something you know you really don't want to do, then actually right. working out, okay, what's what could a future look like? How do I want that to be? And actually, what can I get to, to take me there? Can actually even work on on yourself when you have when you are feeling thoroughly fed up about something and, and demotivated. So it's a uh, it's a it's a technique that works that works surprisingly well. So it it, mm. it could help you if, for example, you mm. wanted
1: to lose weight and you yeah. you you're fed up with the high. Don't want to go. to mm. it. it could work in that and get you to the yeah.
0: future and what you need to actually get there. Yes, yes, completely. So you you work out where you want to be and then work out, um, you know, you work out where you want to be, um, what that future might look like. Look like look at the incentive and mm. and. Then work out. Okay, what can I do now to to reach that goal? In fact, there's a there's a there's another. One. I could share another one if you like. Oh which yes, you, please. Yeah. yeah. Which you, <laughs> this is so this is this is specifically for goal setting for your own for your own self. Um, and it is this is a four stage process, um, but this is a scientifically tested and proven way of achieving your goals. people are gonna people Um, are gonna listen to this one there we go right get Um, ready get ready take notes this is something we're gonna want you can take notes on this and you can google it afterwards there there is science behind this and it's four four questions that you ask and this has been tested at a university including being tested on um recovering drug drug addicts which is an interesting interesting group of people um but you, if there's something that you particularly want to achieve, four questions to ask. One of the first is is what do you what do you want? Um, okay, what is it you want? It's fairly clear. You make it specific as you as you can. You set out exactly mm-hmm. what you want. Then you work out what the outcome is. So what the if you like looking at the future, what the what the outcome will be for you if you reach what you want? What's the what's the benefit? Third thing, then is what is the obstacle? That will get in your way, whether it's a person who's going to persuade you not to do it, or if it's mm-hmm. a if it's a thing that will stop you getting there. Um, and that step is actually really important. It's worth working out beforehand what will stop you so you can work out how to deal with it. And the final thing is to plan, to have a have a plan. So it works out a, a, it's called Whoop, W Double O P. So um wish outcome uh, obstacle and plan. Um, and that's from, that's I think called um, mental contrasting. It's by a uh, lady called Gabriel Oetker in Rethink Positive Thinking. And she did various tests and said, well, actually positive thinking by itself doesn't work. You know, it's thinking of, you know, everything's fine. We're going to do this. Come on, this is awesome. It's just, isn't just denial, would, that, isn't it? It's yeah, just that's, denial. That's, that's, that's denial. And you, your brain doesn't believe it either. Mm. But what she said was they tested... I mean, there are various tests they carried out, and you can search for WOOP. Uh, you can Google it, and you'll see what the what the various things were afterwards. But the um, they tested it on um, recovering drug addicts, and what they tried to get was those recovering drug addicts to to put together a CV, you know, to get them back into employment and that sort of thing. Now, this is a group of people who are notoriously difficult to motivate. Mm. Um, they, they, they lack some self-motivation, um, so it's, it's quite difficult to get these people to do something. Many of them said they would do it and didn't. Many of them said that they could see the, see the issue with doing it. The thing that made the difference to them, um, besides having someone to do it for, which actually is, is again, something that, that makes a huge difference, is um, they would, some of them were asked to, to plan when and where they would do it. And they commit to a certain time in the in the day, and mm-hmm. and place where they would do it, and that was the thing that made the difference. So again, if you're if you're I don't know if you're losing weight or if you're trying to get trying to exercise, actually working out when you know, as well as working out what you want and what it will mean for you, also working out what the obstacle will be. So what might stop you, and it might be that you know massive chocolate bar in the fridge, or it might be the uh, the the fact that uh you can't go for a run in the morning because you need to do all these other things which you can plan around but also actually planning so working out when and how you will do the thing that you intend to do mm. so time blocking if it's a if it's something that you're you're doing in work or something along those lines that that can make a huge difference it can actually it can actually push you to do the thing because you've got a you've got what's called a it's a it's a prompt and that um that prompt is one of the things that can can actually mean that you take mean that you change your behaviour. You need some sort of trigger or, or an anchor. That's that's interesting. The time blocking
1: thing yeah. that that reminds me of when I was and this is a really weird segue of when I was <laughs> studying for my A levels. Yes. Because my, the one good teacher, I think we all had one teacher <laughs> in our lives that inspired us. We had, yes. I had one good teacher called Chris Hamlet, who was a classical studies teacher. And he taught us all about how you revise for exams, uh-huh. about how you, if you do what you normally do as a 17, 18 year old, you're going to get yes. up about half 10. <laughs> You're going to watch some cartoons, you're going to have some cereal, and you're probably going to think about revising just after 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And he said, you do that, you're going to feel really bad. You're going to feel negative. It's going to play on your mind that you haven't done anything. What you need to do is get up at 7, do an hour's worth Uh of revision, set that in, that's when you're going to do. Then break off, go out go for a walk, watch a bit of TV. And then by the time it gets to nine o'clock, you've done over an hour's worth of revision when most everybody else is asleep. It's blocking that time in to do it and knowing that you're going to do it. So if that time comes and you're not doing it, you know, I told myself I was going to do this. I promised myself I was going to do this. Therefore, I need to be doing it. And it works really well that way, I think, to actually block off the time and say, that's when Mm. I'm going to do it. It's a bit of a sales technique as well, I think. Because when we're looking to make contact with potential clients and we're going to speak to them like we're speaking right now you set a time for it Mm. this is when i'll call you this is when we'll get on a zoom or whatever this is when we'll go through the proposal that way you know they're going to go through the proposal
0: because you're going to do it with them Uh, absolutely yes you just fire it off to them it's up to their own (laughs) devices they might never look at it it's certainly better than saying you know here's the thing have a look at it, and they're saying oh yes. I'll yeah. I'll think about it, or I'll look at it in, at some yeah. point in the future. Yes, if you give them the choice of you know, do you want to look at it on Tuesday or Thursday these times? Oh. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like um,
1: I'm, I'm a member of um, BNI. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. been to a oh, BNI yes. before. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that you do when you're confirming visitors for a BNI, for example, if you've got somebody who's going to come along to a networking meeting in the morning, mm-hmm. you don't phone them up the day before and say, "Are you still coming along tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that gives them the opportunity to go, yeah. well, actually, as soon as you ask, no. Yes. <laughs> something's come up. Instead, what you do is, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, are you coming alone or are you bringing a colleague with you? Excellent, yes. It's the assumptive yeah. close. You're not giving them yes. the option of saying no, you're saying you're coming. <laughs> How many of you are yes. coming? Yes, <laughs> Fantastic, I like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then it's when would you like to get started? Not would you like to get started. You know, exactly. There's, there's loads of little tweaks like that, that when people are... In business for themselves, and they're the kind of people that you probably would be Mm. helping—sole traders, plumbers, electricians, that sort of thing—that they won't know these skills.
0: Yes, they'll ask
1: questions that are closed questions that will elicit answers that are no, which means they're losing out on
0: on business. Yes, so having questions that elicit the yes, particularly several questions that elicit the yes, is a well-known sales technique, isn't it? The sort of yeah. And um, the, the the yes, yes, yes response. Oh, and by the way, would you like to buy this thing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They're already on yes. Yeah, They're already yeah, nodding. Yeah. They're already part yes. way there.
1: And it's <laughs> like, what did I just do? I just what? <laughs> I just agreed to buy something. That's madness. Um, yes. you, you mentioned earlier on that you did a public speaking course.
0: Mm, yes.
1: Now, I think it might be
0: the same one you're doing. I,
1: I think yeah. it, it probably is. It probably is. Well, I was wondering, yes. what makes a solicitor, a lawyer, who talks for a living mm. think, I need to go on a public speaking course. What made you think yes. that?
0: Um, well, a few people asked that, and particularly a few people asked at work. Um, and <laughs> what they, are they, you they doing only, that for? Yeah, are what you are you doing that for? You already do this stuff. Because yeah. um, I, I do. I do I, and as a, not just as a lawyer, but as a, particularly as a lawyer, I do an awful lot of training. A lot of that sort of that sort of training as a lawyer, because it's it's that's the way that I that's the way I built my practice. Is actually mm. by by. Um, Helping. And of course, lawyers are required to do training as well, aren't they? You have to do. We do. So there is there is CPD. So it's my my ideal client is a is an in-house lawyer who needs to do that training, and I, I can I can show people how I can help them by actually helping people. I think it's a Frank Kern the Frank Kern model, but um, but I chose to do it. I chose to do it actually because I've been told many times. You're actually a really good speaker for a lawyer. For a lawyer, <laughs> and of, exactly, and it was one of those backhanded compliment. Ooh, that is, I, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, for a lawyer, that wasn't bad. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd see if I could. I, I wanted to see how that compared with anyone else in the world, <laughs> you mm. know, the non-lawyers, and um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Actually, thoroughly enjoyed the you know the the learning behind it the the way of using tone and that sort of thing and slowing down and speeding up and all that sort of, that sort of, there's, there's a whole art to it, which I really, you, mm. you, only, you only learn by seeing someone who's brilliant at it. Yes. And, um, yes. Yes. I think the, the course that you're on, if it is the same one I do, I'm doing, I did, and I think it is, uh, they are brilliant. Uh, just, just fantastic. Yeah. So I, I was on with uh, Tony Gargan. Mm. Yes. Tony and, and Robert upright. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. They are, yeah, yeah. F- fantastic. Almost regardless of what they say, you could just watch and listen to them and, you know, see what they're doing. And it's, yeah. um, you can take in the information in different ways. Mm.
1: And what what I found, because I, I was asked that question as well, to be honest mm. with you. I was asked, you know, because you, I yeah. talk a lot. Yes. <laughs> can't help it. I've always done that. Why are you going on a public speaking course? Yes. You're really good at talking anyway. Yes. And it's like, I didn't go on it for the confidence, mm. because I don't lack confidence. I'm quite happy to stand up on a stage in front of yes. 200 people and, and talk to them. I, do, I drop this every now and then. I, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner, you know. I've done a stand-up I've, comedy. I've but heard that but rumour, yes. I know, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you'd heard. wasn't sure if you'd heard. Um, so I don't lack confidence. I went on it because I wanted to know the structure, how they mm. do it. Yes. How do you actually present so that, like you've said, you ask the questions that get people to a resolution mm-hmm. that you want them to get to, which may be to buy something that you're selling. Mm-hmm. It may be to sign up for something that you're offering or just to agree with the opinion that you're putting across. And yes. I noticed when I was... I went to a lot of presentations. I went and saw a lot of people doing, doing talking. And I noticed there were certain things that they were all doing at certain mm-hmm. points.
0: Yes.
1: I They've been trained to do this, surely. <laughs> this isn't coincidence. Yes. <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern here. I want to know what that is, and I want to be able to do it. Yes, Because the, the first one I saw was a guy called Eric Ho, uh-huh. who uh, owns the Yo Sushi brand. Yes. And I saw him speak at a franchise event where there was really high-level people in the room, and everybody was just hanging on every word that he said. Yes. Hang in on every word that he said, and then he offered this this training event that he was doing, and people literally ran. <laughs> Lit- I'm not kidding. They literally ran to sign up for this event that he was doing. I thought that is power. Definitely. Oh, I, that, want is th- I want yes. to know how he does. that. I want to know how he does <laughs> that. And now I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now I do. So how
0: has it helped you in what you do now? Um, I think it's it's. If I'm if I'm honest, uh, in terms of the in terms of purely the law, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much it's helped in in that because people are used to a certain thing. I'm still I'm still considered an excellent speaker for a lawyer for a lawyer, <laughs> for, a lawyer. <laughs> for a lawyer. Yes, it doesn't get past that point. Um, and there are things that I now do. You know, that I, I don't need to say by now you'll have realized, um, <laughs> here's the little button because that just doesn't, that doesn't happen in law. But there are, there are things that you, there are things that you realize in speech where you, you know, you haven't quite got the audience. So, you know, you need to get that feedback. You know, you, you need to, um, just get that sort of call and response that, that, that really good public speakers do, or, or you need to get the, the yes to a question type, mm. um, and that can be yes, that can be that can be very powerful.
1: I've I've seen when I watch other people speak now who aren't trained mm. at this, yes. and I see that they, they can talk. They've, they're they're very eloquent. They've they've, they've mm. got a presence about them, but I can see them doing things fundamentally wrong. Yes. Before. It jars on me, and I think, "Oh, we need to be, you need to be on a course. You need to be doing this." Is, is that something
0: you see as well, or is it just me it that's picking no, up? No, on... I see it all of the time. You can hear people talking, and you know they're telling you about themselves. You're watching the audience glaze over slightly, yeah. and you think, "And and the worst thing is they're being told that they're doing a good job." And in part, yes. in part, that was that's the other thing. I was keen to I was keen to do the course because one of the things that happens after really some you know the, the bar is quite low in law to be fair um if you're if you go to a legal training session if you pardon um, the pun the the law bar there oh indeed yes <laughs> <laughs> it is. but the you know if you go to a legal training session on i don't know my subject gdpr you know you fascinating, know, fascinating. A, absolutely P- people people are not expecting a, a riveting ride they're not expecting jokes they're not expecting to <laughs> enjoy the experience really in fact <laughs> uh, in one of my training sessions i um <laughs> i was giving training and went down to was going down to london and i was i was three quarters of an hour late and i was three quarters of an hour late because someone had stolen the uh the line above the tracks and from london to birmingham which meant that all the trains were late and that sort of thing There was nothing i could do about it
1: stolen the line how did you Sto- steal I know, the
0: line well stolen the electric cable or, or oh. was it? I, I don't know. I, was, I, I don't Nick, really know. That's, Nick, that's anything? said. It? I know. <laughs> um, and I got to the venue thinking, oh, well, I don't know who will still be left. It's only not a word of a lie. This was two lawyers. Uh, so a, lawyer, a lawyer's event. I was teaching lawyers about contract law. And they were all sat facing the front. There was no one there. There was nothing there in, fr- in front of them, sat facing the front. Some of them were working. Some of them were doing those things. But in silence, And you think, I've gone into a career where people people have chosen detention. <laughs> people have done, that's, that's what I've gone into. Um, so yes, the, as I say, anything beyond uh, decent is is considered is considered really quite good in in law. Mm. So it was it was for me it was it was knowing actually can I do this better? Can I can I make this better? And when you see it, you you really see a difference. You see who, mm. people who are trained at this stuff it's uh it's absolutely fantastic yeah that that thing mm. where you you, you mentioned mm. they start and it's all about me <laughs> it, mm. yes you
1: see that be an eye all the time yes where somebody will stand yeah. up and do a, a featured presentation you've got <laughs> 10 minutes to talk about you know what it is that you do and how you can yes. get referrals and they'll spend the first three minutes talking about their holidays their family <laughs> yes. it's like that's not really helping. <laughs> yes, completely. That's not really helping, and I get so many sales emails. I put one on LinkedIn um, uh-huh. today or yesterday. Oh yes, oh so, yes. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> so, yes. Which was about getting into uh, businesses, and it was somebody who, who does lead generation. And it the whole email was just me, 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 I, I, I. This is what I yeah. do. This is how I am. And it's like
0: that does not <laughs> yes. work. Yes, it's not working on me. Uh you've not convinced me to buy so I suspect that's probably not a service. I don't I don't what understand is. it. I, it it's obvious to us. Mm.
1: Yes. It, it just it, obviously it's not obvious to to everybody. It's something I mean I I have to realize which I'm I'm completely mm. struggling to come to terms with that I've done a lot of training. Mm. I've been on a lot of training. So I do know this stuff now, and it's yes. just something that not everybody knows, and I, I have to realise that. That
0: no, com- completely, and that's the. if You feel like you've once you've once you've almost been enlightened. Once you've seen things mm. from another perspective, mm. you do you 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 see things from another perspective, and you you can't unsee it. <laughs> but what that means is, of course, when you when you see the old way of doing things, or when you see what the, the probably the mistakes that we were all making previously, you you it's. You know, it's actually painful to watch sometimes, mm. painful to see. Yeah, I mean, particularly in our
1: industry with with digital mm. marketing, for example. Even as the way businesses operate, because you know, you help people with their mm. businesses and to help them improve yes. them. The one thing we see for other web design agencies, for example, is the worst complaint or the most common complaint I hear from clients that come to us is that they cannot get hold of the web designer. Yes, they have a website. Somebody uh. built them a website, it might look great, it might look rubbish, that depends, that's yes. up to the skill of the web designer, but they cannot get hold of them when they want something changed, they want something updated. <laughs> and I do not understand for the life of me why people run web design agencies or be freelance web designers and they're just ignoring their clients. Yes. And it, it sort of
0: begs the question, what's the website for? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, yes, there,
1: there, is, there is that as well. There is the whole, I've, I've been told I need a website so I've got
0: one. Yes. Now what? Yes, but and and equally, the website designer if 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 clients can't get to can't contact you, they can see something very impressive. <laughs> it feels it feels like they're missing the point.
1: <laughs> yes, it it, it does. It, it's just one of those really 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 basic basic things.
0: Um, yes.
1: let's see what when when I looked at your your LinkedIn profile, there was something hmm. way back in your history that, that I think you know what it is. <laughs> jumped out at me and thought really he's, he used to do that and now he's a solicitor
0: <laughs> you were okay. a, you were a cast member i was a cast member at disneyland paris, at disneyland paris. Yes, <laughs> yes i was brilliant it was fantastic it was a i mean it was a it was a student type job but it was it was excellent it was um it was and he didn't make any money so I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd recommend it as a career choice, but <laughs> as a student, because you actually, the money that you made, you en- you ended up paying to, um, you ended up paying to um, Disneyland, who also provided the accommodation. Um, so you didn't really, <laughs> you know, didn't really make much, but it was the most surreal experience of being in a theme park and working in a theme park, hmm. and there are. At the risk of giving away secrets, which um you know I'm not going to be fired now. Um, you know you go into there are secret doors in the theme park where the staff can go and they can dis right. you know disappear and they go they go for lunch and it's the most bizarre experience of holding a wooden tray, you know, going along a canteen, you know, on the met, sort of metal railing, wooden tray, putting things on the trailing, <laughs> and in front of you is half a duck, <laughs> you know, and, a, and, and three pirates, you know, and it's. It's, everyone is in fancy dress and some quite extreme think <laughs> this is the most bizarre cafeteria i've ever been in but um no it was brilliant it was it was uh it was getting people it was getting people excited and getting children excited because there was a, there was the parade and that sort of thing and you'd walk in front of the parade getting people to clap and cheer and that sort of thing and it was so it's um it's a bit different to law um and a lot of fun it was at the time. So what 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 made you want to do that was that while you were studying or in between it was studying? it was after studies i'd done i did a uh, law and French degree, so my french was, was reasonably good hmm. and it was just a continuation it was continuing for as long as possible this whole experience of being a student and around hmm. different nationalities i think i think you can learn loads from different nationalities and you know you come across um, you come across italian students and they'd all you know they were in their they were between eighteen and twenty, and what they would do is they would they would have a they would have a dinner party. They would each bring th- food, and it, you, know, <laughs> you know, British students were out and they drinking, and you see th- those sort of cultural differences. The stereotype, it's actually actually true. They do things differently. Yeah, that uh, was uh, it was brilliant. Brilliant time. No, I think actually that, that
1: that's a good point to make. There, it, it is yeah. important to see the the cultural differences from people. Yes. It's when you alienate yourself as a as a society from yeah. change from difference that that's when you start to become xenophobic and yes and sort of racism breeds in because you just fear change. It's it's where Britain used to be you know thousands of years ago when we were yes. all tribes and we yes. hated the tribe that was in the next village. Yes, cuz they were different. They were monsters. They were aliens. <laughs> we just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. You need that mix. So, yeah, going out and, and being in Disneyland while you are having dinner with half a duck <laughs> its weird. And Seeing it, how different yeah. different nationalities mix. Yeah, it's, it's a really good thing to do. Yeah.
0: What What made you want to be a lawyer? Um, Similarly, good question. I think for me it was very much being, it was learning, it was going into something I didn't know much i didn't know much about so clearly law feels like this sort of um, it feels like this sort of jungle of different information and different things you should be doing and wanting to wanting to be competent at something wanting to be useful i think <laughs> you know, I, it's, probably a, it's probably a personality flaw desperate desire to be useful mostly to to, you know, to to help with to to valid to get validation from people i'm i'm um good at doing something mm. so actually it was it's a it's an area went into and and I I also enjoyed studying to be honest some of the some of the some of the some of the stories in law are actually quite interesting you know there's there's oh. you know all the stories you know the I forget who the um who's the guy who runs sports direct this Mike CEO, Ashley Mike, Ashley, Mike yes. Ashley yeah the former so Newcastle owner yeah that 's the one so mm. he is responsible for a principle of law, which is that um, entering into a contract whilst uh, drunk um, that contract is still valid because um, he made the promise to his financial director that he would um, he would pay that financial director I think it was a bonus of a million pounds or something if that financial director could get the share price above whatever the share price was, some price. Mm. And when it came to court, there <laughs> were various arguments about the fact that, you know, this, this was an oral contract, oral contracts, as we know, are binding. It was made under the influence of alcohol. It already had eight pints, and it actually went, it actually went and threw up immediately shortly after he made this promise. So maybe he was under the influence. Uh, but no, that didn't invalidate it either, particularly as this was this was a common way of entering into business deals for Mike Ashley. <laughs> um. But what what actually invalidated the contract was the fact that um, it wasn't within the it wasn't within the power of the director to actually you know move the share price. It wasn't within his gift. It was it was entirely due to the market. So um, there's various cases like that which you know you learn as a lawyer when you're learning contract law. But actually the the facts behind them it's it's people doing either silly things or unusual things. And if you get the story that goes alongside it, it's actually quite there's, – there's more to it. <laughs> so if you make a verbal agreement with somebody mm. while drunk, that's a yeah. binding contract? It can be a binding contract, so be careful. <laughs> yes. Jesus. <laughs> now you're trying to think back of all the things you might have said or promised.
1: <laughs> so if you propose to somebody while drunk, for example, that That's binding, that's binding. That's- I wouldn't possibly comment on that. <laughs> so now yes. you've gone into business coaching mm. from from lawyering up. Yeah. Um You quoted Tony Robbins already. Mm. What other people in the sort of business world and mm. the coaching world and the self improvement
0: world have inspired you or do you do you follow? Well there's actually and this is this is a sort of giveaway answer, I suppose, but there are literally, there are loads of them. <laughs> um, so one of the things I've been doing since March of this year is committing to listening to, because much as I'd like to say, I read lots of books, I don't actually <laughs> get, end up reading very much, actually physically reading anymore, but um, listening to um, one summary of a Business or personal development book every week since since March. A summary. And a, a summary. So I, li- I listen. to book, book summaries because it um, it picks up the the key areas. And and so the, I've you know I've I've listened to absolutely loads of them in that time. And you know I say once I say at least once one a week, but it's it's actually more like it's more like two or three. Um, and there are some there are some. There are some brilliant writers out there, and there's, there's two things you get from it. One, one is you get some of the information, but also the very fact of doing it, because you're listening to uh, you're listening to ideas, and you're listening to you're receptive to those ideas. And I usually do it whilst whilst running. I've got my headphones on. Um, you can you actually it can actually help you to come up with ideas of your own. So it can actually help you, and there's a, it's, this is also something that's well documented. This idea of uh, super cognition, mm. the idea that you use your you use your subconscious to actually come up with the answers to problems, um, and um, there's the, again there are, there are books on this, but you can when you're uh, I don't know about you, I get a lot of my best ideas whilst you know either. In the shower or running or, I, you know, I was just walking. thinking the exact yeah. same yeah. thing actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Creativity comes mm. to you not exactly. when you're sat at a desk. Exactly. Um, so com- it is completely. Whilst slightly, you- you've you're not focusing on the thing. I would say it's a bit like those magic eye things, except I've never managed to get those to work. I've never- no, nor have I. I think <laughs> no, I think, it, I think no. it's a con. I think it's a big <laughs> joke on us all. I, I think it might be. Um, but assuming those work, then the idea is, I think that you unfocus your eyes and you can actually Mm. see the things never worked for me but it certainly does work for um for coming up with creativity so even listening to something that might have no relevance (laughs) but is but actually is you know it's it's giving you new ideas can be can actually help solve problems and there's um the chap who and it it was a chap it was a bloke who who invented this the sewing machine don't know if you heard this story um Mm -hmm. He was struggling with the issue of well how do you you know how do you actually get the, the needle and the thread and turn the put the needle through the fabric and make it turn and that sort of thing and he, he couldn 't work out the answer. He was puzzling over it um, went to bed fell, fell asleep and had a dream about being chased by Zulus Zulu warriors with as spears you as, as you do, as you, as you do. Hmm? and all of those spears had a hole at the end, and that was the answer um so to you put the hole at the other end of the needle so you and that's how you know that's how sewing machines work they have the the hole at the pointy end rather than at the 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 normal um end which of course now seems obvious but didn't didn't before <laughs> it was done and there's been a whole lot of research about actually your your subconscious is working all the time and it's working on problems that you are that you give to it all the time um even if you're not aware of it so it's, there are suggestions of things like you know if if you've got something you're really struggling with, you know write it down before going to bed then go to bed sleep on it and, and you might have you might have some weird dream about zulus um but also you can it, it's a way of just finding that creativity the other thing and the other thing you can also do is uh, what i what i used to do before audiobooks is go is into Waterstones and actually just this was something suggested by Edward de Bono, the guy who came up with lateral thinking. He uh, he, he suggested you you go up to a random book in Waterstones, pick it up, pick it off the shelf. And before you read it, you actually ask yourself the question, OK, well, how can this is this is the, this is the problem I've got. Then you read the pages and say, how can this help me? <laughs> uh, actually, and of course, no reason why it should necessarily. Yeah. But actually, usually, your brain will make the connection between what you've just read and a solution, and it can actually, you know, come up with creative solutions to the problem. I mean, you've got to be quite careful because you, you never know what type of book it was in Waterstones, and it might be something uh, inappropriate to be reading. Yeah. And Bist- um, Mr. Tickle
1: had extraordinarily long arms.
0: <laughs> quite. <laughs> yes. How can this <laughs> <Yes>. help me? <laughs> That's it. You' here again richard trying to trying to resolve your trying to resolve some question again <laughs> why are you why are you in the adult fantasy section um but the, there's um but there's um there is something to that i think of of looking actually deliberately looking for sort of creative ideas um i think one of the best one one book which was brilliant i listened to which i wasn't i wasn't expect- i was expecting it to be funny but i wasn't expecting it to actually be profound was um, uh, it was Douglas Scott. Do you know Douglas Scott? He wrote the he did the Dilbert comics. Oh yes. Um, but he's also written a book all about personal development and that sort of thing. And has some has some interesting ideas in there about, you know, um, as you say, goal setting is goal setting is for losers. There there's one there's one <laughs> to throw at the <laughs> next person about on the basis that actually if you set goals, if you only set goals for yourself and measure yourself against those goals, which you're not supposed to do, of course, if you measure yourself against your goal, then for as long as you haven't hit it, you'll always be failing, mm. and therefore you you actually need to work on the process, and you actually have to celebrate the process, and that sort of thing, and that you need to choose choose success rather than actually um, rather than actually wish for something, you actually have to you have to choose it as if you were choosing something from Amazon Prime <laughs> and decide to pay for it and work out what you need to what the it's almost the, the fame thing, isn't it you know fame costs this is where you start paying um yeah. you have to work out what it will cost to get what you want and actually you know that's a, that's a different mentality but he was that that book was was very good actually I wasn't expecting that to be um i, I wasn't expecting it to be deep I was expecting it to be to be funny and it was it was both
1: <laughs> what, what's that book called?
0: Um, I can't remember offhand, I'll, I'll yeah. I send it to you. It's, yes, Douglas Scott is the, the, the chap, the, the creator of Dilbert.
1: <laughs> yeah, which
0: you wouldn't it's, expect that somebody no. would go from doing that to... No, and he's actually got a huge, you know, fantastic, it's his backstory as well, and he suffered with, he suffered with some uh, massive illnesses. No one expected him to actually um, become a, you know, become a comic or so people hadn't written comics and become celebrities at the time either. but <laughs> Dilbert's obviously, um, being hugely successful. So it's, it's, it was a story I'd not, I'd not heard of before. <laughs> yes. That's something that I, uh, I've taken to, to doing is just, is just uh, reading and listening to audio books. And uh, I found that that just, it just sparks those different ideas. It's mm. Brilliant. God, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Um, I, I can't believe we've, we're practically out of time. We've—I
1: we've, don't think I've actually asked you any questions. We just <laughs> seem to be, the power no, of questions. no no. It's, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> power it's, of stopping people asking questions,
1: <laughs> Cause, yeah, because yeah, the power, yeah. no, it's been brilliant. I, I feel I've learned so much. And, no, I've, I've absolutely enjoyed it. Um, as 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 a, I say a final question, as an yeah. actual question. Mm. Um, if somebody wants to work with you,
0: oh yes, or get in touch with you,
1: what's the best way they can they can contact you?
0: Yeah, surely. Well, I do have something actually. There's a. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to give a a, a website. You can a, help, help yourself. A, give away. I a, give. Away. I have an offer for your readers uh, or your <laughs> listeners, um, which is I've only just set it up. Actually, it's it's got two full stops in it, which is odd. But it's community dot dot com. So community dot dot com. What that is is a it is free it is free to, to sign up and what that does i've actually got i actually discovered this and got the got the rights to it so it's a it is a collection of um so if you if you go to there what you'll actually get is a collection of um i think it's over 200 audiobooks summarized or in 12 minute chunks you can go into it anytime you want to mm. um and it's also they're summarized in audio, but they're also done as little videos, which makes them quite easy to understand and watch and that sort of thing. And it's great for that sort of, you know, mental mentally switch off and just watch the thing and it sparks ideas. But we're also doing um, they also do, and again, all entirely free, a weekly um, a weekly book club for people who don't read much. So There's no re- no, no reading involved Um once a week, um, there's a presentation of a book, and it's a business development or a personal development book, and that sort of that sort of thing, done as an audio visual uh, animation, so it's easy easy to watch. And then uh, other business owners, and there's a few people doing, a few different business owners will look at it and say, either what they've what they've learned from it, what they can what how they can use it. But the point is, you you're encouraged to. You encourage to come with a problem a bit like me walking into waterstones and saying how can this help <laughs> um watch or listen to the the video and it won't be mr tickle it'll be it'll be something there's <laughs> something business related and you um and then see if it's see if it can help in some way so it's it's a sort of it's a sort of way into coaching um now i do do coaching with uh hayley meeks who i think has been on your, your show she, before. So she has. yes.
1: Um
0: but that's a that's a that's a way into that and you'll you will see the you'll see the coaching advert on that link. <laughs> so if people want to um want to get in touch then it is something that uh, between Haley and I would do uh, the sort of business coaching for people. Excellent. I will put that link as well below mm. the description
1: for the, the podcast on, on Apple, Audible, yeah. and on, on YouTube. So anyone listening to this now, just look below the, the podcast and you'll see the link for that. So you can click on that and you can get access to those those book summaries. Excellent. Okay. Super. Thank you very much for, for being on this podcast. I've, 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 <laughs> I've enjoyed it so much I completely lost track of time. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Well, so have I. It's been brilliant, actually. So thank no. you. No. Thanks for thank you very much. <laughs> Super.